Welcome into the Wagney Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Garini, joined by my co-hosts, Tyler, Alex, and Nick. Guys, say hi. <laughs> Hello, everyone. What's up? There we go. Uh, it is week two. The Wag Me War Zone came with plenty of surprises for the first year. Firstly, let's get to our socials, touch up with them. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, at Wag Me Fantasy. Don't forget, subscribe to the newsletter, Winning with Wag Me. Has all the necessary tools and insight to separate yourself from your league. Go to wagmefantasy.com to do so. That's it. Uh, Nick, why don't we start us off? Give us an overreaction. Over wow, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> overreaction following week one. Um, well, we'll start it off with C.D. Lamb is not a top 15 wide receiver this year. Um, it, it might be an overreaction to say that he won't finish as a top 15 receiver if you're basing it off of um, points per game because I think when Dak comes back, there's definitely a possibility that he finishes top 15 points per game. But without Dak for four to six to eight weeks, I've heard a bunch of numbers. I don't see him finishing inside the top 15 overall total points so it's not necessarily an overreaction according to your assessment it depends on what you how you gauge it because if you're basing off of points per game then no it's it's not an over or yeah it's not an overreaction because he could finish let's just do let's just do raw overall standings at the end of the year i think it's not necessarily an overreaction that he falls outside the top 15 um however I do think you have to I, – I understand why we have to kind of gauge this with some uh, variables. I think once Dak returns, he's definitely a top 10 receiver. Guys, Tyler, Alex, do you guys think overreaction or underreaction that he's a top 15 wide receiver this year? Uh, here's what I'll say on that. I think there's a chance that he won't finish in points per game in the top 15, but he's still one of the top 15 wide receivers in the league that I would want on my team. Good way to answer it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, with Dak out, I don't think that he can recover from those four to six weeks or whatever it ends up being uh, to be an overall top 15 receiver. But as Tyler said, I would still want him as one of the top 15 receivers on my team. That was a very good way to word it, Tyler. He was my second well, – yes, he was my second-round pick in our three-wide receiver Wag Me Warzone League. Um, I'm pretty much stuck holding him in the bag. I can't sell him right now. I'd be taking a loss. I'm not really as scared as many other owners want me to be. I believe Dallas's schedule over the next six weeks is uh, rather favorable. They play Cincinnati, New York, uh, Washington, a couple, a couple New York. Giants. That is Giants <laughs> over the over the next couple weeks. But I think his schedule up until their bye week is good enough where he's going to have some solid wide receiver two weeks. Um, when Dak returns, that's when he's going to catch up on the season. I'm disappointed, to say the least, but I, I feel comfortable with C.D. Lamb. I'm a C.D. owner in a league, and I'm terrified. So I guess there's two sides of the coin. Don't be, my friend. Cooper Rush in the lone game they had together last year, C.D. Lamb went for 6 for 118 or 112, somewhere around there. But nonetheless, he, he had a good statistical outing. And Dallas actually won that game over a solid Minnesota squad last year. Um, so it could be worse. 
And uh, going off that, if you look historically, whenever a starting quarterback goes out, one of two things happens. Either the star receiver is targeted 12 to 15 times a game or the tight end does amazing. So that is one of the two things that's going to happen in Dallas, in my opinion. Um, so look out for Schultz to have a pretty good first – not first couple weeks, but next couple weeks there. Yeah, I feel like Dallas's offense can definitely support both of them. Um, already to begin with, but in the absence of Dak Prescott, I still feel like they're the two feature receiving options, and they should be the guys that you want on your team if you're owning a Cowboy. A.J. Dillon, overreaction or underreaction? A.J. Dillon will outscore Aaron Jones this year. Tyler, what do you think? See, I think it could definitely happen. The problem with his performance on Sunday is that I don't think he will get the same receptions that he did in that game. But I still think there's a possibility that he could outscore Aaron Jones this year. He's getting a lot of he, he's getting a lot of rushes and, and volume yeah, there. Yeah. Five catches for six targets that led Green Bay. I don't think we're gonna see that. I feel like Aaron Jones. He, it yeah. perplexes me his usage. I mean, he only touched the ball eight times, saw only five targets. I feel like he's too dangerous of a playmaker for Green Bay to uh, keep contained two single-digit touches. It's not an overreaction, though. A.J. Dillon has great standalone value. You saw it this past weekend. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I think it's an overreaction. Um, Aaron Jones had half as many carries and more yards. Granted, that came off of one big chunk play, but that's what Aaron Jones does. He's known for those explosive plays. So, yeah, I think it's definitely an overreaction to say that Aaron or A.J. Dillon will outscore him this year. Um, Aaron Jones, that was a weird game script. It was a bad game. It was Rodgers' first game with no Devontae Adams and – also know Alan Lazard so their game script was just screwed from the start they, they it was clear they didn't have a plan and the Vikings came in ready to blow them out and I think that we won't see that again this year Aaron Jones touched the ball eight times two of his touches went over 20 yards that's all you need to know Alex yeah. what's your thoughts so um you know a little bias here Packers fan you know it sucks it was a tough day yesterday um but A.J. Dillon keeps getting added into the offense more and more as the you know as last season went on and you know yesterday obviously he touched the ball a lot more I do not think he's going to outscore Aaron Jones I think that part is a bit of an overreaction however I think he is going to have close to if not as many points as Aaron Jones has I think Aaron Jones is going to have those big weeks that he has where he scores four touchdowns in a game randomly he catches a lot of balls out of the backfield but I also think that A.J. Dillon is going to have those consistent weeks where he's getting those 14 to 18 points pretty much on average every week and stay on par with Aaron Jones. Tyler, next overreaction, underreaction. Which one? You pick your poison, baby. Uh, let's go with Kareem Hunt will outscore Nick Chubb. Overreaction, underreaction. I think it's an underreaction. I feel like his involvement in the receiving game He's not going to find the end zone twice a week compared to Nick Chubb's nil. Um, that's not going to happen. However, I feel like Kareem Hunt is tailored to succeed in this offense, more so from a fantasy perspective. I mean, we we talked about it all summer long. Nick Chubb had a great game. He averaged over six yards per carry, but, you know, it was just 15 points. And Kareem Hunt's involvement in the receiving game, you know, four for four on his targets, that's going to boost him above Nick Chubb, I do not think this is an overreaction in the slightest. Nick, 
Um, yeah, not an overreaction. Kareem Hunt's outscored Chubb before in, I think it was 2019, when they played the same number of games. Kareem 20, Hunt finishes the RB10. 2020. 2018? 2020, even. Oh, 2020, okay. Yep. Yeah, so Kareem Hunt finishes the RB10 and Chubb the 11. Um, it's one of my favorite uh, RB running back by committee duos to buy into, and I typically would buy into the Kareem Hunt side of things because he has the potential to outscore Chubb, and it's not that far of a reach. And he goes four rounds later. So, yeah, definitely an underreaction. What about you two? Any, anybody on the other side of the fence? Honestly, I'm I'm neutral on this one. Uh, you're going to have to ask me in two or three weeks because I really I, I can't get a feel on it yet. See, I have both of them on one of my fantasy teams, and I really hate the uh, decision I have to make every week because I'm not going to start both of them. And I could really see Nick Chubb scoring more, like, scoring more touchdowns than he did, obviously, than – Give me, give me your alternatives. Who, why can't you start the meet? Let me look on my team. Oh man, I don't remember. We got so many teams. We, we oh, I got uh, Brees Hall and I got Ceh who went off on my bench. I think, I think certain weeks you can definitely start both of them. I mean, I guess it all depends on the matchups each week. Because um, yes, Brees Hall and Ceh are probably in a tier above Kareem Hunt, but it's close. It's close. Yeah, I may end up making a trade away at some point during this season. You can do it. You can. You limit your two running backs to uh, one offensive running back production. So yeah, I think that's the argument you made against it. Yeah, it caps your ceiling. Okay, this one is gonna make me vomit into the mic. Overreaction, underreaction. AJ Brown is a top five wide receiver this year. Nick. Please. Overreaction. I can't do it yet. Overreaction. <laughs> AJ Bust will bust. I, I just can't put my face in Jalen Hurts' arm, man. And Devontae Smith had zero yards, I think. And he dropped a donut on us. So I, that's not going to happen again. I, no. I mean, overreaction. He's not a top five wide receiver. How about top 10? Top 10, Nick. My heart says no, but my brain says yes. <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, you know, it's a really hard pill to swallow. I'm not ready to swallow it yet. I think it's an overreaction thing. I, I'm not willing to commit after one game against a solid matchup against Detroit. Um, I'm not willing to admit that I'm wrong yet. I'm, I'm willing to take it to the grave for a couple more weeks. I, I agree with you, Nick. I feel like that um, status th- that week one result isn't the status quo between him and Devontae Smith. I feel like both are going to balance out each other. And you saw Philadelphia. They had four rushing touchdowns, maybe even five. No, they had four. They had that pick six. Um, but, again, like I said, I, f- I feel like his ceiling is capped based off of how that offense functions. Tyler, you, I saw you tweet about this earlier for us. Talk about F. Talk about F. Oh, can Saquon finish as the RB1 this year? Well, obviously he put up the most points as a running back this year. He has great um, receiving potential. A lot of running backs this week underperformed, and it was kind of disappointing. But Saquon is someone who's coming off injuries, and he still put up big numbers. So I think there's potential for him to finish as the RB1. Still an overreaction, though, or lukewarm? I'm lukewarm. He does it another week. I'm I'm more bought in, but not there yet. Al, as much 
as I was skeptical about the Saquon Barkley's, the Christian McCaffrey's this year, I think, and it's one week, but I think this is Saquon's year. He's going to figure out how to stay healthy. The Giants offense is going to utilize him in the right way to do their best to keep him healthy. I think he's an RB1 this year. It is not an overreaction. Nick? Not an overreaction. The only thing that can stop Saquon in this form is injury. And if he can avoid that, he'll definitely finish as a top three receiver. He looked He's great. A beast. He looked he looked great and I'm kicking myself in the rear for foregoing him. I mean, you know, he's a guy that all of us had an opportunity to draft in the second, third round. Um, it's just whether or not we had the balls to reach on him or take him above an alternative. I don't think it's an overreaction. However, I'm still not sold. I, I need I need more consistent efforts um, to remind me of his rookie season. Last one we're going to do, and this one I think is going to be easy. Overreaction, underreaction. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league this year. That is not an overreaction in my opinion. I want to know how many people regret taking a running back over him in the first round of their drafts. It's got to be everybody. I, he's looking – I mean, Christ, he almost had 200 yards, two touchdowns. How many targets? Like 12. Um, not an overreaction in the slightest. I think it's going to be him and Cooper Cup, 1A, 1B, however you want to slice it. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league, in my opinion. Al's shaking his head, yes. Yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing else I can add to that. It was, it was a rough day to be a Packers fan because of mm. that man alone. Nick, we saw the Kevin O'Connell effect yep. in full force. Yeah. Um, also, I was kind of surprised because Green Bay, you guys have a good secondary. I mean, you you have an elite corner duo and Razul Douglas and then Jair Alexander. Well, I mean, apparently they forgot how to play defense yesterday. So <laughs> yeah, you know, his one touchdown, there was no one within like I, fifteen yards. I, of him. I, dude, there, I there was that. like he, he was standing all alone. <laughs> the wide receiver one is just standing there wide open. I mean, I forget who was commentating the game, but they're like, "How do you leave that man that wide open?" Well, yeah, no shit. Like, how do you leave the best <laughs> receiver in the league that wide open? Should be triple covering him at this point. Has 150 <laughs> yards against right, you hey, already. You better relax. All right, I'm there. sorry. You're, I'm you're sorry. Blood's boiling. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's Keep switch over. Let's switch over. I want to shortly cover trade targets for this week. It's after week one. Emotions are high for fantasy owners, including myself. I had a terrible week. Uh, I'm gonna wear it on my sleeve. I went one and three in my four main leagues. Um, rough out of the gates. Got a little banged up as well. However, we can only prevail. Um, but if a less calm fantasy owner is in my shoes. They're probably hitting the panic button with some of their teams, especially if you rostered C.D. Lamb, Elijah Mitchell, like my one entire Wag Me Warzone team does. Um, so who are some buy-low targets we can we can find after a bad week one for them? Well, I'll talk about my boy, Brees Hall. I mean, he only put up 10 points in his first game, but it wasn't really a great situation for him. The Jets passed 59 times during that game. He didn't get a lot of attempts there, I think. Going forward, he'll get some more catches. He'll score a touchdown maybe, and he'll have better performances there. I think he's a guy that, similar to Javante in his rookie year, he just blossoms throughout the year. Um, you see the talent on the field. The opportunities will increase all throughout. He is a good target after week one. I'm gonna I think with Brees Hall, you – Sorry, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. With Brees Hall, you may want to wait 
few weeks to try and target for him. Um, I think that we're going to see similar weeks um, following uh, eight to ten points over the next couple games. Um, he's going to be slowly worked into the offense. Michael Carter looks good, but he will take over uh, probably around halfway through the season. So he might be someone you want to wait just a little bit on to trade for and let the owners get disappointed in him. They're going to be like, oh, five weeks in, he's still not performing for me. Okay, let me put him on the block. Then you go in and grab your starting running back for the next half of the season. I feel like a lot of these names could be – well, okay, I'll I'll say the, the by-low targets I wrote about in this week's Wag Me, winning with Wag Me um, segment, was CeeDee Lamb and Ezekiel Elliott. I feel like those Cowboys are going to be discounted heavily because of that Dak Prescott absence. Um, look, it's o- it's only half the season, and you can get an elite playoff push if you're buying a discounted wide receiver one, um, high-end RB2 right now. I feel like perhaps similar to how, Nick, you described Brees Hall, maybe waiting a week or two, um, that's when the stock will get beat down. However, I do like targeting those Cowboys uh, after the DAC injury because, again, their, their schedule over the, until their bye week isn't terrible and i think you know we're gonna overreact a little bit and we're gonna look a little silly come week 11 when somebody sold cd lamb for christian kirk you know um so buy buy the boys low right now um anybody else that you guys would like to mention here i'd like to talk about dj moore um it was disappointing yesterday um or i guess sunday i keep saying yesterday um watching him play with a new quarterback but I think everything about Carolina was disappointing in that game so I I think it's at one point he's gonna find that groove it might be a week six thing like we're talking about with uh with Brees Hall but I think he's gonna find that groove he's gonna be the clear-cut wide receiver one there in Carolina and um Baker's gonna remember how to throw a football and throw it to him I'm gonna chime in Carolina only had the ball for 22 minutes in their game against Cleveland you know, Cleveland's a run-dominant offense. They're good at keeping the ball in their hands. Carolina didn't uh, have simply have possession. You know, you're talking about each quarter you're possessing the ball 5 minutes, 30, 30 seconds. Um, that's maybe one well-put-together drive or two shitty ones. So I feel like in a more balanced game, DJ Moore is going to make a bigger impact, and I agree he's probably someone that, fantasy owners are going to grow frustrated with after this week one performance might be able to get them on the discount shelf nick anybody else um i mean i can talk about aaron jones real quick you might find a disappointed owner who's really scared of aj Dillon and what he showed in week one um and you might be able to buy low-ish on aaron jones but there's no one out there who's going to give him up for like a, a jk dobbins like you're going to have to match aaron jones draft value um, and just that's up to you. If you think that you're winning the trade, then you're winning the trade. Um, you got to trust your gut, but he's someone you can't really buy super low on. He's just, this is probably the lowest you'll be able to buy him all season. I agree that you can't necessarily buy him for dirt cheap, um, not as discounted as the other names that we're mentioning here. Um, however, I've owned Aaron Jones for two straight years. I've dealt with the frustrating way the Green Bay Packers utilize him. I could see someone in my shoes um, who has owned him for multiple years begin to grow worrisome and frustrated that it's just a repeat from last year's K-1 
carousel where he's only touching the ball 12 or less times. Um, so if you know your opponent, you could find him for cheaper um, than most level-headed managers. However, yes, he is a good name to mention. Another one, last one I'm going to mention here is Kyle Pitts. He had a pitiful – see what I did there? Funny. Did you Funny. see what I did there? <laughs> he, had, he had a pitiful week one performance against New Orleans in the Atlanta Falcons' one-point loss. It was rather surprisingly close game. Um, that's not going to ha- – I mean, he had a 22% target share. He just didn't connect well with Marcus Mariota. That's going to smooth out. He is the only playmaker, really, on that Atlanta Falcons offense in the receiving category anyways, other, other than Drake London, although – Again, he, he's the, the second option to Kyle Pitts. So he's someone, an elite tight end that you could find for cheap. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to swindle him from people right now. I'm offering, like, Gerald Everett and another crappy bench player for him if I can manage that. Sell highs. Cordell Patterson will stick with the Atlanta Falcons. CP, um, this week he had a great game due to game flow and then Damian Williams' early absence. I feel like now's an opportunistic time to sell him. He's not going to get 22 rushes again or 25 total touches. Um, Game flow really benefited him. Damian Williams, the backup running back, went down in the first quarter. I feel like now's a great time to sell high on him. Who else? I would say if you were starting Jamal Williams or you had him on your team, he put up 16 fantasy points this week, but – Take a look at those numbers. 12 of those came from touchdowns, which that's just not going to keep happening. So if you can get him off your team, I would. Do you think DeAndre Swift's owners are going to grow panicked by the emergence of Jamal Williams and he could be um, someone that you bait towards them? I think potentially Mm -hmm. the the same way that someone like just as a handcuff, they kind of want him on their team in case he goes down because they can see the potential now. But I don't think they're going to be trying to – give too much for that trade i agree yeah what did swift put up like 30 points i'm they're not disappointed swift, swift yes but um the red zone usage that's where jamal williams did his damage you know they they could yeah. be, they could be that seed is planted they could be wondering who's the right guy to own does deandre swift have that high ceiling or not nick who are you selling high on following week one uh, depending on the depth of your league, if you're a Robbie Anderson owner, you might be able to grab someone who's going to be a little more consistent throughout the season. Uh, he had a 75-yard touchdown. That's where the majority of his points came from. And for people that don't follow it as closely as we do, they may not realize that. And they will see, oh, this guy put up, I think, 20 points this week. Um, that's not a bad offer for the uh, Brandon Ayuk on my bench. Brandon Ayuk, I think, would offer a little more um, consistency throughout the season. And that's just some name that I thought of. It came to my head. Um, so someone that you could buy that I think you could sell Robbie Anderson for that uh, is much more valuable than him. Yeah, and I'm going to chime in. It's a, a good selling point would be the eight targets Robbie Anderson saw in week one. Um, that's yeah. a, that's another good selling point. Kareem Hunt, Michael Thomas, other names that I'm trying to ship away after a strong week one performances. Again, it's just um, both of those guys scored multiple touchdowns this weekend similar to Jamal Williams. It's me not expecting them to continue that. Uh, A bulk of their points came from end zone trips. And I feel like somebody, especially both of them have that vintage tag to them, that old success, that old name. 
And in the end, they are second options in their positional group. Michael Thomas played the third most snaps as a receiver in New Orleans offense. Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave played seven, eight snaps respectively more than him. Um, so I feel like nobody's going to realize that. They're going to see, oh, MT's back, Kareem Hunt's back, and it could be a perfect time to cash in on them. Let's move to Stardom Sidem. Uh, favorable matchups. Nick, I'm going to let you lead this one off because you did a phenomenal job typing out those for the newsletter this week. Um, thank you for that. So give me some names at the quarterback position that you are going to start with favorable matchups. Um, sure. I'd like to just give my little spiel that I have written up because I think I worded them very well. It's kind of poetic if you guys would like to uh, partake in reading them. I uh, appreciate it. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow at the start. Um, shaky week one, four interceptions and a fumble against Pittsburgh. Um, if you started him, you're a little bit worried that he was so reckless with ball care. Um, but I, I think that it's Joe Burrow. This offense is efficient, and Pittsburgh has – Let's face it, one of the best defenses in the league, and they showed that. Um, and going into Dallas with a uh, poor or a poor offense and very good defense this year with Micah Parsons off the edge constantly getting into Tom Brady, he might be someone you want to sit again. Um, I get it. He's a great quarterback, but I'd be scared of him this year or in this game personally. So that's unfavorable. Those are your sits. That's your sit guy for yeah. the week. I'm going to go on the yeah. other side of the coin. Uh, Trey Lance is someone that you wrote about, and I agree. And it's not that I'm – Oh, my bad. I was looking at the wrong row. That's okay. <laughs> and, you know, it's not me being biased, owning Trey Lance or anything, you know. Um, it's just he had poor conditions last week. He ran the ball 13 times in that mud fest in Chicago. New week, new weather. Um, that's all you need for Trey Lance to make a significant impact in his – Second game as a starting quarterback for the 49ers. Al, Tyler, any names at the quarterback position you want to talk about with uh, matchups this week? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to start with um, Aaron Rodgers. And as Colin said, it was not him being biased. This is me being completely biased. Um, however, the stats do back me up as well. Aaron Rodgers had a very, very rough week one. I don't think anyone can argue with that. Um, you can say what you want about, you know, receivers dropping the ball or what, whatnot, but, I mean, he threw one ball downfield, um, and it was perfect throw, don't get me wrong, but he they didn't take the shots that Aaron Rodgers usually takes, and I feel like he's going to, this week in practice, him and uh, Malafor are going to get together. They're going to change their style of offense, at least during this, during this week, and they're going to, they're 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 gonna take the shots. Aaron Rodgers is gonna get a lot of fantasy fantasy points this week, so uh, start him for sure. I feel like uh, Green Bay in week two always explodes on their opponent, and last year it was an indicator when they played Detroit. This year they play Chicago, um, so I'm excited about him at the running back position. I'm gonna stay in Green Bay. I love Aaron Jones this week. Past two years he's gone over 40 points in week two. Um, Rashad Penny's another name that I like for favorable matchups. He looked good in his season debut. You know, only eight points, but 12 for 60 yards, a couple catches. Um, so that's exciting as well. 
Um, Nick, other names at the running back position, stardom, sit em, that you would like to mention? Uh, sure. Daryl Henderson. Uh, McVay's made it clear that he's going to feed the better player, and that's Henderson right now. Cam Akers had three touches in week one against the Bills, and he looked poor when he had those touches. Um, Henderson may take over this backfield again, which what, which is what we saw last year. Um, Henderson had a great start to the season, a great first 10 weeks, um, averaging like 15.7, I think, through those 10 weeks. is fantastic, and he looks good. He's a good running back. The only thing you have to worry about with him is the injuries, and you can say that with any running back. So Tyler. ignore that and throw him into your lineup. Tyler, wide receivers do start this week. Oh, catching me off guard. I was going <laughs> to set a running back. Wide receivers to start. Uh, Mike Williams, we're going to expect a bigger game from him with um, – what's his name? He's hurt. Keenan. Yeah, Keenan Allen's hurt, Keenan. so we're going to expect a, a little more from Mike Williams. So. Yeah, I mean, he's a boom-bust guy. I feel like when, after he busts, he booms. Simple as that. Um, Nick? Anything to add at receiver? Um, yeah, I'd go back to DJ Moore. We talked about him earlier. A poor, for, poor performance, sorry, uh, to start the season with Robbie Anderson kind of stealing the show in the receiver room. But DJ Moore has proved that he is one of the better talents at receiver in the league, and this is a favorable matchup against the Giants. I'm not too concerned about him. I know that people are already shaky about DJ Moore because of what he's done in the past, offering you great weeks and then just weeks of nothingness. And that was due to quarterback play, I'd like to say. And I think that Baker can offer um, a better performance from that position, boosting DJ Moore's value this week against the Giants. I'm going to sit Allen Robinson again, CeeDee Lamb uh, this week, and then DK Metcalf as well. All three just had really dismal season openers um one way or another dk was utilized in a weird way um for his prototype in seattle he was not used vertical he had i believe seven catches for less than 40 yards um he was the chain guy and that's not what i like out of the 6-4 dude that jumps through the roof with 4-3 speed um cd lamb just wasn't in sync last week two for 11 and new quarterback i do feel like his volume is good is going to catch up with efficiency will catch up with his volume and he will be fine. However, I'm willing to sit on the other side of the fence this week. And then Allen Robinson as well. Um, he is a dude that just wasn't in sync with his new offense. And so I feel like he's another guy that we should leave on our benches this week. Tight ends to start. Yeah, as a uh, Justin Herbert owner, I've learned that he's developing a good connection with Gerald Everett. So he scored a touchdown last week, last week went three three receptions for 54 yards. We think he's going to be another good start this week. Anybody else to add to that, Al? I like Zach Ertz this week. Um, Vegas continuously gives up a good amount of points to tight ends. Um, the Kyler Murray-Zach Ertz connection last year towards the end of the season uh, was, was pretty good, in my opinion. And uh, I think that's going to continue into the season. So I like Zach Ertz this week. Tight ends I don't like this week. Dalton Dalton Schultz, um, another Cowboys receiving option that I, I just want to sit on the other side of the fence again. Dawson Knox um, didn't have a great performance week one. I feel like he's just a guy that's so dependent on touchdown visits that I'm not willing to play the odds. Um, that's pretty much it for Stardom Sidham. Any, anybody else you guys want to add? 
No? Okay. Let's go to waivers. Nick, who's a top waiver to add after week one? In most um, I think it's without a doubt Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Um, it, he's, he's, he's the only person on waivers that is a starting running back. I think it's a no-brainer, and you're not going to get him if you're at the end of your waiver order. Um, but if you were smart, like me, you would have stashed him. Yeah, whatever. I have I have TDP, and I still I'm still unsure whether or not he is wh- which one to own. Simply, um, Wilson probably is a guy, but TDP is the younger, shinier new toy. So that's a guy I'm rolling with. Who's another guy, Tyler? Well, looking at sleepers in the uh, the sleeper app and the trending up players for best available, Curtis Samuel's the number two guy that's being rostered right now. So. I don't know what you want to make of that. But. 11 targets was used as a gadget. Could potentially uh, offer I've, some fruit. I've seen some comparisons of people saying they're going to kind of scheme him into the offense like they did with Debo last year, and that's kind of the hope for, I think, people adding him, but I'm just not sure what they're – Well, the big difference is one's San Francisco and one's Washington. Um, and one's Debo and one's Curtis Samuel. Yes, that that's a good way to put it as well. Jarvis Landry, if he's still available in your league, please take him. He had a phenomenal debut in New Orleans. He's not washed. Went over 100 yards. Uh, I believe he led the team in receptions and targets as well. Jalen Warren. See, this is a guy that I am perplexed on whether or not I should add or not. No. No? Al? No. No. Najee looks fine. I'm I'm a no guy as well. I I think Najee, there's potential that he could hurt his foot again, but I just don't think it's worth it keeping him on your bench i don't think jalen warren's going to produce very much if he ends up starting especially behind that offensive line in pittsburgh as a Najee owner though um uh, you know he's such an important piece to his offense in pittsburgh i feel like his, his volume can be not his efficiency can't be re- replicated but his volume can and that's why i'm like stuck in between whether well do i want to add jalen warren to my bench just in case if Najee goes down for the entire year you know, foot injury is no joke, um, or if nobody's valuable simply. So the way I see it is if Najee goes down, his volume's not going to go directly to Jalen Warren. I think it'll be spread out more to the receivers, or they'll f- figure something else out than unloading that volume on a back that hasn't really played before. You're like, I agree. And Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh targeted the running back position the least in week one. Just a surprise. Okay. Last year. So what I'm getting at is I will not waste a bench space with Jalen Warren. Game of the week, and <laughs> finally to our Wag Me Warzone League. Game of the week, we got Caleb Joy playing Colin Wee and some elite names here, Lobby Lob and what's Colin, Tattletail Strangler. Oh, baby, I can't wait for this one. So Lobby Lob just crushed me in week one. He's got... Jonathan Taylor, Patrick Mahomes, Javante Williams, form a strong uh, cornerstones to his team. He also has Mark Andrews, Michael Thomas, DK Metcalf to add some upside, rounded out with DJ Chark for some reason, and then Devontae Smith. Um, he does have Tyler Boyd, Russell Gage, Pat Fryermuth as other alternatives. And then Colin, the tattletale strangler, has Kyler Murray, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Amon Ra, Zach Ertz and Christian Kirk, along with Cordero Patterson on his bench. Who do you guys have this week in the Wag Me Warzone game of the week? Do you have K 
Caleb Joy, Team Lobby Lob, or Colin Wean, Tattletail Strangler. You know what else started off? Last week, I uh, changed my pick in the chat. Um, and, you know, I changed it from the winner of the game to the loser of the game. So I'm going to stick with my gut this time. Uh, I'm going with the Tattletail Strangler. Uh, I like the matchups this week, and I think he's going to outright win this week. I don't think Mahomes has a phenomenal game against the Chargers. Um, and that's that's where I'm at with this one. Tyler. So last week, I kind of cheated and I went really late with my pick and I went off uh, kind of the consensus pick there because I didn't really know what to do. This week I didn't look at what anyone said and I made my own decision and I'm going with the Tattletail Strangler. Nick? I'm going Tattletail Strangler as well. We're gonna got two great running backs and better receivers. Yep, we're going to make it four for four. I like Colin's team a lot. Um, Caleb's team, I feel like he just lacks the same upside. I mean, Colin's got Kyler Murray. Um, dual threat quarterback. He's got Saquon and Derrick Henry. I feel like Henry's due to progress. Um, Saquon probably regress, but both of them have upside to produce monster weeks. DJ Moore, Mike Williams, same deal. I feel like both are due um, for a big performance after a subtle week one performances. And then Amon Ra, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz all simply produce enough volume to um, not allow any weak links in this starting lineup. I like Colin's team a lot this week. That's my choice. So that means that we're all going to be wrong because we all agreed. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to type mine in right now. So I had. I, I would like to talk about my team um, because it. <laughs> what, you need help? <laughs> no, I, I just want to vent my frustrations. So I went pretty much zero running back in our league. I was elated to get. Elijah Mitchell in the fifth round. Um, he now is going to be absent for a solid eight weeks with a sprained MCL and vagina. Um, and then so Dak Prescott gets hurt, right? And now I have CeeDee Lamb as my wide receiver too. Um, first off, let me just back up to week one. So I, I came out of Thursday night's game with my super stack of Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen with 60 combined points between them. Nobody else on my team scored more than five points. Not a single player scored more than five points. And I ended up shitting the bed. Big goose eggs from the, all around. Uh, only 80 points total. And frankly, 75% of them came from two guys. So, guys, I need a better team effort. Um, I do get Alan Lazard back from the mend. However, I'm stuck with my Cowboys without uh, without Dak. I have Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. Um Ramondre Stevenson didn't have a great debut. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is still hurt. Elijah Mitchell is now hurt. Uh, guys, I'm not panicking in our league. All I'm saying is if you want to make a trade, just offer me something <laughs> up. <laughs> um, I didn't realize how bad your team is now. It got, it got beat down. I felt, like, I felt like a champ coming out of that draft. But right now, um, you know, my icon is Patrick ripping off his shirt during their boxing match. Um, however, I'm feeling like regular Patrick. And maybe we just need a confidence booster and a lucky week um, to win and get us started on a winning streak. And that's all I can hope for. But frankly, guys, I need better effort all the way around. Colt Komet, I'm looking at you, buddy. Well, um, Colin, I'll give, I'll give you that confidence boost right now. I was the one to score lower than you this week. Um, the only one to score lower than you this week, but that, I, 
I, I scored lower by 13 points. Ow. There Ow. was there was one player on my entire roster, one player on my entire roster that reached their projection. Al, your failure does not make my failure any better. <laughs> if you want, well, my, but thank you for the effort. <laughs> you're welcome. I mean, my my starting quarterback scored 3.7 points. Like you're you're just downhill from there. I mean, we have Debo Samuel. He he got into the end zone, which is the only reason he had a decent week. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I mean, he he you know the offense was solely Justin Jefferson, so that I I will understand a little bit, and I'm not going to lose hope yet. But I mean, it was just all around a bad week. Tyler's the only winner here, Nick. You're a big fat loser too. Well, you actually blew it. I was the lowest Dude. scoring winner, so I don't know how much we can put into that. But More, go ahead, Nick. Moral victory. I'd like to talk about how. Chris Godwin now has a hamstring injury, uh, someone I reached on in the draft. So now I'm going to have to start Jeff Wilson this week. And Juju, eight targets and 80 yards in the first half and then doesn't get a target in the second half. He was he still led the team in receptions and yards. But what the fuck, Patty? And that's how the cookie crumbles. Well, I didn't realize the Bears <laughs> were playing in a tsunami or else I wouldn't have started Darnell Mooney. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize a... I heard it was supposed I, to rain. I had Montgomery in another league. It wasn't wasn't the best decision. I heard it was supposed to rain, but I didn't realize that meant it was a motherfucking monsoon out there. Um, to say the least, you live and you learn. Yep, I I I need better effort from my guys. And take I, week one with a grain of salt. Yep, and best thing you can do. I actually wrote a message to our winning with Wagme um, subscribers. Hang in there, baby. And it's a picture of the Simpsons with a hang in there baby uh, poster. Look, week one, take it with a grain of salt, like you said. Um, don't overreact. React. There we go. There's a T at the end of that. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, you know, shit happens. Shit hits the fan. Don't overreact to one data point. Uh, it's a small sample size, and simply, you're probably not that far off with your expectations for how the year will unfold. Um, Results will, what do you call it, align towards the expected value for us fellow mathematical nerds in this room. Um, so, like I said, just relax. Um, maybe make some solid waiver claims, but don't go jumping ship and selling your whole team. That's it. Nick, you hear me? Yes, why? Your team is going to still finish lower than mine this year. I will take it to the bank. It is not. Take a prop on it right now. I'm holding a grudge wait, for wait, lowering wait. my wag me record. What was what was Nick and I's bet last week? Jalen Hurts. Did he score 24 points? I think he did, motherfucker. You better Venmo me five bucks right now. All right. Woo! I'll put a prop on, um, I'll put, yeah, I forgot about that. I'll put a prop <laughs> on my team having a better record than yours, though. Ten bucks. Yeah, but that takes too long. Let's get something going this week. All right, you know what? All right, let me think of something. Keep an open tab. Make it five dollars. We'll we'll get each other at the I'll end of the year. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Any day. Any day. Is it done? What? Like recording? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, why wasn't it even talking? I was waiting for you to make a prop, buddy. All right, Colin, wrap it up. Yeah, we're oh, wrapping. I thought you were giving me time. 
we're wrapping it you up. Want a prop right now? <laughs> yeah, that way we have hundreds of people right. to hold us accountable. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I outscore you this week in fantasy. All right, whatever. I'll take it. You know, double or double, <laughs> you think it's something. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, so, so that last thirty seconds kind of sucked for you listeners. But hey, uh, fuck it. We'll be back. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up. <laughs> Follow us on our socials: Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube at Wag Me Fantasy.